willkommen zum Podcast. Stop it! Stop it! I want to do it in German. Willkommen beim Podcast nicht wenn Weber, in dem wir wie der Bentung der Benutzverfahrung für die Technologie, die Welt, Welt um uns herum diskutieren und reden sie über großartiges Design, das einfach funktioniert sie darüber, wenn es nicht funktioniert. We can't use that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, oh, they're doing this in German now. I'm not, not interested in listening. It literally would be unusable. Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and talk about great design that just works, or moan about it when it doesn't. Hi, David. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. Very good. Should we, should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, go then. Okay, uh, I'm Andrew Waite, and I'm the product owner of a SaaS product in Derby. I'm David Ball. I'm a front-end web and app developer. Superb. Superb. Should we get down to business? Yes. What is the topic of today's podcast? What okay. are we subjecting our poor listeners to? Okay, so uh, this week uh, I saw this news article and it was about the shop Sainsbury's and they were showing the Queen... Okay, just for international listeners, this is a like a major grocery store in the UK. So they were showing yeah. the Queen around Sainsbury's and showing how like shopping habits had changed over time. Okay. Because it used to be like in the olden days that you'd go to a, a shop and a shopkeeper would find the things that you wanted and give you a personal individual service. See, this is the sort of thing that the Queen has probably never, ever done. If you told her that the old way was the current way, she wouldn't <laughs> She wouldn't know, would she? <laughs> yeah, she's always got someone who goes and does all the shopping for her, probably. I would imagine she's got someone she tells to do it, who tells someone to do it, who tells someone to do it. All right, and okay. I would imagine she's probably like 10 people away from the person that actually does the shopping. Pa- apparently, publicly, she's only ever been to the supermarket twice before, something like that, not many times. Ever? Publicly, I don't know, every week. Weekend, she might How just do you... down to Sainsbury's. Oh, so you mean publicly as in like as an event? Yeah, like a royal engagement. Okay. okay, I think is everywhere it... she goes is a royal engagement. As opposed, to, as opposed to privately, where she just you know takes the Range Rover Nip, down to down, down to the office, down to the co-op. Yes. <laughs> Philip, one is one is nipping out for some beans. <laughs> We're out of wine. <laughs> Why is my queen a lot more high pitched than yours? I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so they were showing how shopping habits have changed. It used to be that a shopkeeper would find things for you, but now you go and you find things on the aisle yourself, you take it to the checkout, and they were also showing her how to use a self-checkout, the automated self-checkout thingy, okay. where scan something. But you don't uh, even do either of those two things. Oh God, no, I'm lazy. I'm probably more like the queen, to be honest. I get... You I, never go to a supermarket. <laughs> just do it online. You, you've just been... <laughs> in your entire life, you've had two official visits <laughs> to a supermarket. I don't know if I've had any official official royal engagements in supermarkets to be honest <laughs> no okay so i'm lazy and i and yeah we use either ricardo or morrison's and, and to get it delivered to home not for any reason other than it's I, just more convenient I to be honest that. i really hate that I've, we've, we've tried online shopping before and i can't I, I love to go and see what looks fresh and then build sort of a week's meals around that so you know to say oh this meat looks nice so okay well that means we need this vegetable and this, you know, you this... still do that by looking at the website. You just you picking things, and it's kind of easy to I find, compare because I it's find, just like a click away. I find it's incredibly. Maybe things have changed, and I've only used bad online shopping systems, but yeah. I find it incredibly hard 
I find it incredibly easy to discover something that I know I want, but I find it very hard to discover something that I, you know, if I'm not sure what I want yet, I find that incredibly difficult. I suppose the discoverability is quite bad if you are using a, a shopping website. Yeah, if, if I was using a shopping website, I would get into a routine of having the same meals week in, week out. We sort of do get the same things. Yes, and I would miss the variety of just going, oh, we've not had turkey twizzlers, twizzlers in a long time, let's let's get those, they look interesting and they're on offer this week or I'm, I'm joking we don't eat turkey twizzlers they're disgusting but you know the... <laughs> I wasn't sure I, I honestly couldn't tell you, you seem like a turkey twizzler sort of guy I don't know sometimes we do have a meal of you know like a kid would have like fish fingers and chips and beans nothing or something. wrong with fish fingers no, no, no. and beans but I was going to say so we call that in our house we call that freezer beige freezer beige oh because yeah. they're all beige it's always beige and right. it's from a freezer so we just say oh you know can't be bothered to cook tonight should we just have freezer beige? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, what this has this supposed, got to do with usability? We're like? talking about usability. <laughs> so this all started because the, the Queen was being showed how to use a self-checkout. Mm-hmm. And whenever we go to the supermarket, the self-checkout kind of always causes problems. Yeah, definitely. I know you've got a story I've, I've, about the self-checkout, but I don't know if you're saving it for no, later on. No, no, we can, we can delve in. I, I think we should dissect the self-checkout a little bit. If um, you want to. And talk about it. I suppose because, do they vary in different shops? I believe there's only one or two companies that actually make self-checkouts. Okay. And I think, obviously, there's some slight differences in the customizations for an individual store. Generally speaking, I think they're all made by the same people. The only ones that used to be different were Morrison's ones, but I think they gave up on those because they were so bad, and now they use the same. Oh, yeah, they were kind of... They were awful, weren't they? Why were they bad? Yeah. Okay, so self-checkout, what happens? You, you you have all your shopping in your in a basket. It only works for if you've got a basket. It doesn't work for a trolley. Is that right? There are trolley ones now. If you go to Asda, okay. they, they, you, you, they have like a conveyor belt, and you load it onto the conveyor belt and then check out yourself. Right, okay. Yeah, it's strange. Just by scanning it into the barcode mm-hmm. thing and then popping it into the bagging area. Yes. I was looking at some articles. I was trying to find out a bit of information, a bit of background about self-checkouts. Yeah. And I found an item on Bohart's website. So Bohart UX designer. They did a project where they looked at redesigning a self-checkout. But before they did that, they they did some research into the problems with the existing ones. And so I just thought the the, the list of problems with self-checkouts was a pretty concise list. So I was going to just read through that and hit me. Use that. Okay. <laughs> People don't like that an intervention by an attendant is needed too often. Ooh, yeah, way too much. Well, the advantage, okay, from the shop's point of view, the advantage of self-checkout is that you can have one member of staff that's sort of looking after lots of self-checkouts, which means that maybe you can get like 10 people through and out of the shop and happy faster than you can serve people in a in a one big long queue. Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously a speed improvement and, and, and a cost reduction from the supermarket's point of view, Yeah, which is why they do it and why they push people to do it, because they often don't open many manned checkouts to try and force people, don't they, into the self-checkouts. Sometimes, though, you have to choose between the uh, self-checkout or the human being. What, when when there's nobody either? Yeah. What's what's best and faster? Cause sometimes I will choose the human being because I think one person who knows what they're doing, like the absolute pro checkout operator, could get things through faster than me going, oh, I don't know how to press these buttons on the self-checkout. So I, I judge it personally based upon two factors, and one is my willingness for social interaction at that particular time <laughs> because sometimes sometimes you just want to talk to a computer don't want some, to talk to a yeah, human being sometimes i'm just in my own world and i don't really want social interaction other times i'm very open to it i, I yeah. it does tend to vary as to whether i feel like it the other thing is whether or not i know i'm going to in advance i'm going to get um problems that i'm going to have to call an assistant for so if i'm buying alcohol for example oh yeah i'll oh, just go point, yeah. i'm not i'm just going to shortcut this and go to the human 
Yeah, because you can't self-check out with alcohol. Because otherwise, like, some kids would be able to do it. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons that intervention is needed, right? It's usually yeah. for age approval or because something weighs the wrong amount on the scales. Or The next thing is not enough space for bagging. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Oh, because. So you scan your item, you pop it in the bagging area. And it right? weighs it to make it sure that you've not, for example, scanned a Twix and put in a gold-plated plate. Gold-plated plate. <laughs> Where are you buying these gold-plated plates? <laughs> that was one of the things that the Queen asked about the uh, self-checkout when she was shown. Yeah. She said, uh, how, how do you stop people from cheating? And yeah. the guy said, well, everything's weighed. And if if it's not being weighed properly, then you can't leave the shop. It's so Whereas, easy to fool, though. So I've had it before where there's this weird circumstance where you scan something and it goes, put it in the bagging area, put yeah. it in the bagging area. And then it seems to almost like give up after a while. What do you mean give up? So I've only ever been to persistent self-bagging. No, th- I don't know what it is that causes it. I, I probably couldn't replicate it if I was trying. But I have had scenarios before you scan something and then, you know, for whatever reason you're faffing trying to get a bag open so you can put it in the item in there or whatever and then by the time you actually put the item in there it's no longer looking for the item and then it goes unexpected item in the bagging area because you've just placed what it was asking you to place in there in the bagging area so then you have to take it out and you've got this item that you have scanned but it won't allow you to put in the bagging area so what you do so put, you, put it on the floor i usually put it on the floor or hold it i don't think it would get to the next stage without properly weighing it though because otherwise anyone it does could, otherwise anyone could cheat it does it does i don't know what what the difference is but somehow you can cheat it i've had a problem before where I bought something very very light like a birthday card and it says pop it on the scales you do and it's so light it can't even measure it so it doesn't yeah. just doesn't know yeah and then it goes come on put it on the scales come on put it on the scales I'm like I have yeah. but, then I, but then, I, then I try like pressing down a little bit just to give it a bit more weight which that doesn't work either and then it goes unexpected item in oh I have area. done that before where for some reason there's a mismatch in what it thinks something should weigh and what it actually weighs and what I'll do is find my own item that will just temporarily weigh the scale down so it thinks <laughs> it's accurate so I have before put like my phone on the, the scales right just to get it to continue you like, playing a little game of like what does what weighs what well I just see you know clearly like can I fix it myself before the overstretched assistant that's trying to manage these 10 tills yeah and is currently busy fighting with three or other of them yeah can i fix it myself before they get there it's a little game that i like to play <laughs> exciting um, stuff shall i shall i rattle through this list anyway so Please. we had intervention by an assistant needed often not enough space for bagging looking up items without barcodes oh yeah if you get some fruit one banana's not got a barcode on it, so you have to sort of find find it yeah. in some sort of list of items. You've got to keep scrolling through this list to try and find banana. And sometimes the categories are really difficult as well, like, what was I buying the other day? Oh, I know one. I was buying a salad, right? And I'd made things difficult for myself, sort of, because you can get small, medium or large salads, but they didn't have any medium pots. You know, the self-serve salad where you just pop it in a pot? Yeah. They didn't have any medium. Um, and so the guy who I spoke to said, well, just... Just get a large, fill it half full, take that to the checkout, and then you, it'll be fine. Took it to the self-checkout. There's no option for what he just described. And I'm trying to find, like in the lookup items, medium salad. But it wasn't there. But it wasn't there. Because they have a barcode on the bottom of the pot, don't they? So you needed a... That's right. You still needed a pot, even though... Yeah. So but... without the barcode, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Or it was yeah. probably in that long list. Yeah. But I've, I've had it before where, you know, they usually categorise it as like fruit and veg and bakery, for example. But sometimes it's ambiguous 
ambiguous whether something is fruit or veg, Ooh, for example. Tomatoes. Yes. Like, it's technically a fruit. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes they have like fruit, veg, salad. And again, like something could be like, like is an onion a vegetable or is it a salad item? I don't, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I've spent a long time looking through pages and pages and pages of like items before trying to find it. Yeah, because there's a lot in there. Um, they always have a picture there. That's quite good. So True, although sometimes sometimes the screens aren't very high resolution, and especially when you're looking at bakery items, like one beige pastry looks exactly the same <laughs> as the next beige pastry. So True. that's kind of tricky. It's hard to differentiate scale as well. So, like, you know, are you buying a, a mini pan of chocolate or a large pan of chocolate? The pictures can look pictures the same. Yeah. Oh, that's um, the problem when we do the online shop. Actually, sometimes. Oh, I've heard. Of, yeah, you told me about this before. This is funny. <laughs> I can't even think what it was, but just a small pot turns out to be giant. What about the wine glasses you bought? Or the wine glass. Oh my god, yeah, there's wine glasses. You can fit an entire bottle of wine in each one. <laughs> you thought they were just normal sized wine glasses? Yeah, because it just looks like a normal wine glass, but yeah, it's actually giant. <laughs> <laughs> Scale problems. So yeah, next thing on the list, where do we get to? Looking up items at barcode. So yeah. they've got scale sensitivity causing errors, yeah, which is what we've just already talked about. about. Unclear screen prompts. Um, like what? What does it... I don't... Well, I assume it means it pops up and ask, asking for something that isn't clear. But I, I don't think I've had an experience like that firsthand. I wouldn't say that anything's ever been unclear. No, maybe like when you're paying. In fact, this reminds me, somebody sent us a tweet. It was uh, Sam Hardacre sent us a photo from his Sainsbury's where he had a problem and it says been meaning to snap this for ages to send to a news or podcast this is meant to be a successful card payment on Sainsbury's self-checkouts and he's taking a photo and it just shows payment card and an exclamation mark and it says please remove your card so it's like an error message but it's actually a successful payment yeah because the exclamation mark is sort of in red which looks like alert warning 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 but actually he's paid and everything's probably gone okay yeah they've shown him an error message even though it's all fine about unclear screen prompts though so the thing that I found unclear is not necessarily the messaging but the self-checkouts that I've ever used do a terrible job of giving user feedback on each interaction. What I mean by that is you press one of the on-screen buttons and it does nothing and you think, has my press worked? Because quite often you can misregister the touch, right? There's, oh yeah, there's, yeah. But there's no feedback. If the screen is dirty or something, maybe. Yeah, but there's no feedback. Okay, so I'm like, did it work? Did it not work? There's no sound. Okay, there's no sound. There's no spinner. The button hasn't greyed out. There's no... Yeah. Nothing at all. And so you wait and you wait and then you think, okay, should I press it again and usually just as you go to press it again is when actually it changes and you end up pressing the thing on the next screen <laughs> that you didn't mean to press um and this seems to be universal across all the self-checkouts i've ever tried and all it would take um because obviously there's some processing going on there and i, I mean ideally it would be instant right ideally it, you would press and it would just instantly go to the next yeah screen but maybe that's not as practical which is fine but it should at least let you know you've pressed it it should probably lock all the controls and have a spinner on the screen saying please wait yeah, yeah. it's fine i just I, I know it's working then yeah that's fine i'll give you a second but they don't do that so i had this problem at my local Sainsbury's. yeah where i was doing the self-checkout and i needed to to look up an item. I can't remember what I was buying. Maybe, I don't know, an onion. A loose onion, of course. Say, for the purpose of the story. Um, I would press look up item on the screen. Yeah. And then what that should do is then give you the options to choose from. Do you know, do you want fruit, vegetables? Here's some quick items, okay? Yeah. And I pressed look up item and it was so slow that I didn't think it had worked. So I pressed it again. Yeah. But as I pressed it again, it just immediately changed to the next screen. And so I accidentally added a, a medium cappuccino to my basket, <laughs> to, to the basket. And then it said, please place the item in the bagging area. And there was no option to cancel, which is a problem in itself. No option 
to undo or cancel. Oh, right. Yeah, there's no undo. So once you've said that you're buying something, you can't delete it from the basket. Well, that's a separate thing. We'll come back to that in a second. All right, but, fine. But I said I was buying a cappuccino and it's like, you better put this in the bagging area. And I was like, I don't have a cappuccino. It's like, put it in the bagging area. I don't even have a cappuccino. So, <laughs> and there's no staff member nearby. And so what I actually did is I lifted my entire load of shopping up that yeah. I was already halfway through scanning through the checkout and went to the adjacent checkout. <laughs> Just abandoned it. And started again and left that checkout screaming, please place the cappuccino in the bagging area. <laughs> and now the stupid thing is, and this is actually probably more stupid on me because I was in a rush at the time and this I was already aggravated about this. I did the same bloody thing again. <laughs> What, really? Yeah, I genuinely, genuinely went look up item and it did nothing. I thought it's broken. It's not working. So I was like, give it a second. Still nothing. I must have mispressed it. Went to press it again. And as my finger touched the screen, cappuccino. (laughs) Second time. (laughs) So you what? You you abandoned that one? I did it again. I did the whole thing again. I I literally... And so as I'm nearly finished checking out, going to pay... All these self-checkouts are all broken because you... Yeah, shouting, please place the cappuccino in the bagging area. Please place the item in the bagging area. Um, And so as I'm paying, this staff member finally comes over and starts tutting at the checkout and has to like type in their special code to obviously first bypass the fact that there's no cappuccino there, but then has to like void the whole transaction to clear it. I don't think that's my fault though. From their their point of view, you've ruined all their self-checkouts. But I think that if you had the ability to undo, this wouldn't be a problem. Or if they solved the, the problem to start with. Yeah, I think the lack of ability to undo comes down to a lack of trust in the user yeah and i think that that shows in the scales as well so the scales these really pernickety scales that have to weigh everything you buy to make sure that you're not gaming the system and that that really bugs me because the supermarket's clearly making a huge saving on staff costs so mm-hmm. yeah, i you can't I, let people just walk out how far can you trust people you, you don't walk out with that gold plated plate that you're talking about <laughs> just weighed it it just weighs the same as an onion but, but you've just said that it weighs the same as onion so even with the scales it's not foolproof is it oh yeah okay fair enough it's fairly easy to game as it is it just infuriates people i would love to see an experiment where the shrinkage which is the shop term for theft isn't it shrinkage yeah shrinkage is like the amount of money you've lost to in stock to theft okay in the retail world right but i'd love to see a test where they like side by side ran with and without scales very you know literally let people just scan and pay and leave it didn't measure anything yeah i'd love to see side by side the difference in the level of theft because I believe that surely the savings in, in staff costs must still make it more cost effective. Yeah, but and if, the user experience would be far better. If somebody realises they can get away with something for free, everyone's going to be at it. I don't know. I think that's a, a worrying, slippery slope. Maybe I'm just too trusting. But I think if you're going to let pe- if you're going to give people the responsibility to self-check out, mm-hmm. if you're willing to do that, then place the trust in them to do it. You either trust me to do it or you don't trust me to do it. Mm-hmm. But putting weird checks in there that just frustrate me... It's just annoying. Have you seen the Amazon shop where you can put anything you want in a basket and just walk out with it? Yeah. That shows trust. Does it? I think so. Why does it show trust? They, you're pre-registered. They know you've got they've got your payment details. Yeah. They know you whatever you put in the basket, you'll pay for. So there's no trust required at all there. What if you're sneaking something out? How are you going to sneak it out? They're, Smuggle it in your coat? But the algorithm that literally watches you take it off the shelf, it knows that you've taken it. What if you are buying an apple, but you eat it? <laughs> What if you're going through all the grapes, just taking one grape off every bunch, yeah, scoffing those in the shop, and then you come out, you're just full. <laughs> <laughs> you're going for a free meal free, of grapes. Free Amazon 
Grape lunch. Yeah. I assume they can't do that in there because produce needs to be weighed, doesn't it? And there's no, in the Amazon, just take it off the shelf and we'll see who you are and what you bought with AI. It, it can't possibly know the weight of the grapes. How does it work? What A computer is watching you and watching you put something in the basket. I believe so, yeah. Okay. I believe the, the, the shop is full of cameras and so it's basically just watching you take items from the shelves and it knows you because of facial recognition and it knows the item because it knows what the item looks like and then it's able to, to know where, yeah, and it even knows when you put stuff back as well is it the future i don't know i think it's a is quite it? an invasion of privacy isn't it not really because the self-checkouts at sainsbury's our local sainsbury's here one thing i've noticed they have recently is an addition to the top of the self-checkout where they've got a camera but it's essentially a screen looking at you so you can see yourself like a like a mirror i think that's more just for the fact it's, it's there as a theft like people see it and go oh i'm on camera i'm not gonna steal anything yeah, same thing you're on camera there you're on camera wherever you are in a supermarket i'm pretty sure yeah but i think it's very different to me at least it's very different just recording someone and archiving it and maybe looking back at it if there was a theft that day we need to review that footage yeah that's very different to we're going to record everyone from 25 different angles at any one point and then we're going to shove that into like a huge data warehouse and do mass processing on this data and be able to facially recognize them and everything that they've ever bought and keep this in a, a centralized database to me that is a very different privacy beast yeah okay This article also has some reasons why people prefer self-checkouts. Okay. We've already explored a couple. Okay, go ahead. So self-checkouts are perceived as quicker, even though there are sometimes issues. Yeah, okay. Well, because you're kind of, you're doing it yourself. You don't have to rely on another person. And you often don't have to stand in as long a queue. Yes. Often, but not always. True. The subjects felt that they had more personal control. I think that's important for me, actually. I I like to be in control of things. And um, that's one of the things that I tend to go for a self-checkout because of that reason. I think I am the opposite. I like to... To not be in control of it and I want someone else to do it for me. So you would rather go to a human? Sometimes. But okay. but the reason why I don't is because they usually have cues. This next one is good. Go on then. A sense of privacy when buying sensitive items. Oh right, okay. So if you're buying something a bit saucy. Saucy. Yeah. <laughs> Ketchup. Ketchup. Something a bit saucy. <laughs> um but yeah, if you know, if you want to buy a jumbo pack of lube and some rubber gloves. Uh, okay. Right. Then maybe you don't want to go and see Marjorie on Till Six. Yeah, because she'll be Marjorie. She'll be investigating your business. <laughs> oh, oh, good, what's good, this for? Good weekend then. Good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just as a side note we used to do that when I was at school we um, got hold of one of my teachers their Tesco club card oh god and you know how Tesco club card like basically monitor what you purchase and then sort of profile you as a shopper and send you personalised vouchers and stuff oh right okay so what we would do is we would go to the local I have no idea if it actually worked but we would go to the local Tesco and use our teacher's club card and just buy some like random um, really dodgy items yeah just weird things just so that they get some vouchers through the post yeah. You are playing the extreme long game <laughs> on this joke. Yeah. We found it hilarious. <laughs> I don't at know the time. if the payoff is going to be good enough. Well, we didn't even find out. Why would we know if our teachers <laughs> yeah. suddenly got a voucher book for like weird things? But yeah, we, we would do that. We would just go and just like buy the weirdest things we could think of and uh, and use his club card. So he would get the point. He'd get some points, to be honest. He was actually quids in. Yeah. I'd love it if they sent him a message like, regarding your recent purchase, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
I do find personally it's easier to get angry at self checkout as well. It's not a person, is it? It's easy to no. get angry at technology. It's not going to fight back. But generally speaking, if if a sales assistant in a in a shop is doing something a bit stupid and inefficient, I'm not going to call them out on it. You can be quite polite. I'm I just going to be polite and just go, oh, ha, 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 that's the process, right? Yeah. Inside, I'm few, I'm annoyed, but it's fine. <laughs> Whereas I quite openly show my anger at a self checkout, and yeah. it and it riles me as well. It really gets. I'll, I'll be like hammering the buttons on it because I'm just getting angry with it. Oh God, I've seen you. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you've not talked about yet, but I know something that really annoys you. Yeah. The volume. Yeah. It's okay in Sainsbury's, but I think in Morrison's, it's very loud. Yeah. So it will say, place your items in the bagging area. Really loud. And I remember every time you made a point to turn the volume down on every single one. Yeah. But I think they reset themselves. <laughs> oh, right, I think okay. on some now, they've removed the volume control as a thing, which is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first thing I always do when I was using a self-checkout I just press the volume until it muted it because I just didn't want something shouting at me yeah but what if someone comes after you who's who's hard of hearing and they, they need it like up to the max well that's why it should reset itself right after someone's checked out it should go right let's go back to the default volume yeah I suppose yeah, that's very true actually Did you notice, by the way, that they've done a celebrity edition at the self on the self checkouts at Marks and Spencers? <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, they've got a tie in with the TV program Britain's Got Talent at the moment. Right. Marks and Spencers is sponsoring that TV program, so as a tie into that, the self checkouts use the voices of Ant and Deck. No way. Yeah. I mean, if that's a trend, where's that going to end end up? Maybe soon they'll let you choose. So, like, you know, like, there was that fad for a while where sat-navs, you could, like, install Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice on it. Yeah. Maybe you can go to yourself checkout and it'll go, which celebrity would you like to help you check out today? And you could choose, like... You could choose your favourite one. Arnie. At the moment. Please do item in the bagging area. <laughs> <laughs> story sent to us by Zach by the way mm-hmm. it's another story about counter service okay so he was at the milkshake place and there's a big queue you mean like the, the shake stand in the in the shopping centre yeah centre. so in he, the mall I like want. to translate things to the American audience right okay fine <laughs> Okay, so he orders a milkshake. He's standing in a, in a big sort of queue of people who are waiting for their milkshake to be made. Because okay. I assume what they do probably is take the money off people who are waiting and then leave them standing while they make the milkshake. It's a okay. bit annoying, but you can sort of understand why they would do that. Well, Otherwise, milkshake has to be made. Of course it has to be made, but they're probably making sure they get your money first in case you decide you can't be bothered to wait for it. Okay. Anyway, so there's lots of people waiting for their milkshake to be made, but they don't do the thing that they would do in Starbucks where they'd ask you your name. They just shout out the type of milkshake that they've made at the time but the thing is nobody's in charge of remembering who ordered what okay. and in which order and so they go oh chocolate milkshake and then so just someone goes all oh, right that's mine and walks off with it but yet there could have been someone else who there who, who just, ordered before who ordered before okay. they didn't like give a number or anything like or that or someone goes oh, i can't remember did i order chocolate or banana and then someone shouts chocolate and goes uh must be me chocolate and then actually that yeah. they ordered banana and someone else is then like they're just shouting banana <laughs> yeah well w- what he said happened is that actually 10 people like approach at the same time going oh that's mine because most people have the same popular flavor yeah of course yeah Okay, so I found an article which is about user experience trends for e-commerce in 2019. Okay. Do you want me to read from that? Only if it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how much online shopping do you do? Me? Yeah. Uh, not groceries, but otherwise I buy quite a lot online. Okay. Definitely electronics, furniture, uh, 
lots of household items I buy online. Don't buy, don't tend to buy clothes online because I like to try them on. Yeah, me too, actually. And I think I'm a weird, I'm a weird body shape, so it's a quite a risk as to whether something's going to fit me or not. Yeah, I find it annoying that you have to send things back. And yet you love buying your groceries online. Yeah, but just I let my wife do it. <laughs> it's just really easy. <laughs> she asks what I want. She she can navigate the interface for me. I would I would probably get quite frustrated actually if I was doing it myself. I'd get bogged down in the interface, how the filters work, and I'd, just, I'd be probably like inspecting the uh, HTML or the website. I just I, I wouldn't get anywhere. That's another good point about shopping online. Actually, is that it's probably less of a collaborative process, isn't it? Like I quite enjoy going shopping with my wife because we do tend to just sort of egg each other on. Is, is it work? Not that sounds like we're sort of egg each other on. That sounds like what does that mean? <laughs> Like we were running a rampage, I was didn't think. Or... <laughs> running a rampage. No, um, <laughs> no, but you know, we'll we'll see each other, things that each other might like, or we'll talk about oh, what would be nice for dinner, and we'll come up with interesting ideas together. And so, I think online shopping removes a lot of that, doesn't it? You you just have this basket, and you probably end up looking at it separately, or let one person do it. Yeah, that collaborative event of going shopping is suddenly lost. Maybe, yeah. What are the trends anyway? Oh, okay, right. So, simpler navigation. This is the thing that frustrates me about e-commerce websites, actually. I would tend to stick to websites that I know. Yeah. Rather than having to learn a new type of interface and a new type of navigation. So, this means you buy everything on Amazon? Yes, pretty much. Just out of principle, I avoid Amazon. Uh Because I I don't like the fact that they own so much market share. Well, okay, fair enough. But, okay, so... I I do still buy on Amazon. Right, great, good. But just try and limit it. Anyway, I've got more things on this list. Of, uh, of UX trends. Okay. So, uh, did I say getting rid of filters? No. Um, so, quite a common thing to do on an e-commerce website is to filter down your options mm-hmm. into a smaller subset group. I like filters. Yeah. I use them all the time. Yeah, me too. But I've seen some websites where there's lots of filters. Well, there'll be some at the top and then some at the side. And you can really filter things down. But what you're seeing then is a, a really narrow subset that actually maybe that's too narrow. No, or, like that. or could you even use the filters to create a search that has no results, which kind of defeats the point. Like, why would you ever want to look at no results? You don't. True. You want to find I, I the ideal find, product. I often find filters can be irrelevant, which annoys me. When I want to filter by something useful and I can't because the things that the shop has chosen as filterable options are... So they haven't thought what you're lo- about what you're looking for. Yeah, I find that actually quite often happens where the shop sells such a wide range of items that they can't really... And if you go to, if you go to, for example, a really specialist store like a whiskey store, mm-hmm. they will have configured their filter so you can go, you know, what age of whiskey, you know, what location was it distilled in, because there's different areas of Scotland that are famous for different types of whiskey. Is that what everyone's looking there's... for, though? I would have thought people would be thinking Price. about the, the taste. Okay, the yeah, type, t- of, taste. type of taste. Although taste often is geographically linked as well. The point is, with a specialist item and a shop that only sells, a, you know, something specialist, they can really focus those filters around letting you choose what you're looking for. Whereas somewhere like Amazon has so many categories they can't possibly they can't possibly give you useful filters is it big or small yeah I mean it's usually like what who's the seller or what's the brand what's the rating Mm. what's the price bracket that's there's never anything you know if you're looking on Amazon for well whiskey for example Mm -hmm. all you can do is type search terms in to find what you're looking for you Mm -hmm. can't say whiskey and then try and filter it down and go over 15 years old or more Mm -hmm. with a whiskey website you could do that you could use the filters to say only these age categories or whatever mm. whereas with Amazon you'd have to type in whiskey 15 years okay not quite what I want whiskey 16 years you, you know you can't bracket it in the same way also on this list of user experience trends for e-commerce we've got mobile first design and fast loading 
So is that a thing in 2019? I well, thought, it's no. I thought that was a thing in like 2016. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's not exactly a new thing to know that people are using their mobiles more than laptops. But I don't know. I still think I think there's quite a lot of websites, especially big e-commerce websites, that don't focus on the mobile being the prime experience. So this is going to be a trend in 2019 that people are going to finally get around to optimizing their websites for mobile. Yeah. I can't believe anyone who's anyone has still not made that migration in 2019. Well. Even if you've got like a responsive website, you know, that works on desktop and mobile, it still might not be absolutely ideal. It might just be a version of the much bigger desktop site. So we still need to think about these things, about making something an ideal experience. Of course, yeah. So things like your filters and stuff like that might just be really cumbersome and awkward on a smaller screen. Okay, sure. Personalization of items is also on the list of trends. So, I mean, we did a video, Mm -hmm. which on YouTube right now actually of us looking at Wish website uh, the Wish app sorry yeah. where you had a personalised feed of products okay so th- this is something I was going to say yeah okay. so, so one of the things that we spoke about in that video mm-hmm. about Wish is because I criticised it for almost being like a spammy social media feed in the way that you can just scroll forever yeah and it will just keep showing you more products but I can't remember if it was you, I think it was you that said it, it might might have been me I can't remember but if it was sensible it was me <laughs> The point was made, regardless, that it's almost like an e-commerce version of browsing a shop. Because with, with Wish, you can search, but just scrolling through it just shows you this personalised feed of items. It's almost like... Just like walking up and down every aisle in the, in yeah, the shop. Yeah, it's like in, in a physical shop. Say you're in a seaside town and you see an interesting little boutique, you might go in and have a wander around and see what they've got on offer. It's almost like a... You're wanting to be so surprised, aren't you? Of that. You don't know what's in there and that's the appeal. Yeah, you're not buying something that you need. You're just seeing if there's anything that takes your interest and that yeah. you might decide to buy. In the same way that in that shop on holiday, you might, you know, you're not sure what you want, but you go in and you look around and you go, oh, that's a nice nautical themed clock and buy it. (laughs) And much in the same way on Wish, you you know, you scroll through and it, yeah, I think that's quite a new thing that I've not seen before. You know, e-commerce sites still, almost all of them are, you know, search driven and they're very sort of, you have to know what you want. You know, you have to, a lot of almost all online purchase journeys start with some kind of search, don't they? They, whether it's a Google search or an Amazon search. Pretty much, yeah. You are typing into a search bar, I don't know, um, slippers or yeah. something that you want to buy. And then you're being quite specific already. So it's almost like that discoverability element's been lost. But something like Wish brings that back again, doesn't it? It mm. brings back the let's show a selection of things that they might might be interested in. Mm. And most of the websites that I can think of will display you the items in the order that the items were uploaded to the site, probably. Rather than what might be useful Ooh. is showing you them in the order of your own preference. Your own preference, yeah. If if they think that you and everything they know about you from your search history or however they're profiling you, if they know that this item actually is probably going to be what you're looking for compared to this one over here, show you the first one. Show you that first. Yeah, if we, if we can know that, and mm. yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, that's a huge amount of processing power and algorithms required to do that, but yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Can we say hello to our latest Twitter followers, Andy? Oh, yeah. What is it? Why are you, have you been learning German or something? No. Okay, we have Laura Parker. Guten Tag. Jo- right, okay. Janie UX. Guten Tag. Methana Paquette. Guten Tag. Fraser Hood. Guten Tag. Tim Mode. Guten Tag. Ina Jalil. Guten Tag. John Westwith. Guten Tag. Heidi Sergal. Guten Tag. Michelle J. Martin. Guten Tag. Don Wilkinson. Guten Tag. Are you getting tired of saying Guten Tag yet? No. You chose to do it. 
Jeff Wong. Guten Tag. Kyle Knight. Guten Tag. Emily Hewitson. Guten Tag. And Jason Saki. Guten Tag. Right. Good. We've had some Twitter comments. Woo! Some nice ones as well. So Dan, yeah. who's from Ireland, says, The Unusual Podcast is bloody brilliant. I shall henceforth input, I want to buy some cheese into every ill-timed feedback modal I encounter. <laughs> from was that I don't know like... I can't even remember it sounds like something that you would say no I think you said it I think you said I want it want to buy some cheese yeah you said I want to buy some cheese and I can't remember why <laughs> don't know Alicia Giovanni says she's catching up on episodes of the Unusable Podcast and currently listening to the one on designing for failure a friendly reminder not to reuse a normal state of the system slash product to communicate an error state yeah always important is that what we talked about I think so I think, mm. I think error states have to be obvious Okay, now back to what we were talking about. I found a list of the worst tricks that online shops do. Okay. I just wondered how you feel about these. So, number one, mm-hmm. sneak something into your shopping basket. Hate that. Yeah. Have you ever had it where, yeah, you'll like add some... I had this once where like I added paint to the shopping basket and it, it automatically do? added like a packet of brushes or something. It's like a... I don't know, there's a chance that that could be a useful thing. You know, if, if 99% of people who are buying paint also want paint brushes then maybe they're just saving you the extra step. No, because even if I did want brushes, I'd want to go through the process of choosing which ones I wanted. Yeah. I wouldn't want for them to tell me. Yeah, okay, fine. All right, what about uh, when an e-commerce website tells you that the product or service or whatever that you're that you're buying is time-limited, like they might go... Yeah, well, we had this in the Wish video, didn't we? Yeah. So, yeah, false timers really wind me up. They yeah. really do. I probably have been fooled by them once or twice, but it's where I've thought there may be a legitimate reason behind it. But often it's so obvious that you just landed on a website and it's just this false urgency. And you know if you close the website and open an incognito window and go to it again, you'll get the whole amount of time again. Yeah, but what if it's something like uh, you're booking a hotel room and it says, oh, almost gone. False imperative. But what if it's not? What if uh, most of their books have gone and there's only one left? And they surely have a duty to tell you that so that you can book it ASAP. Okay, that's fine. Saying there's only one left, fine. But having a timer, they can't possibly know when the next person's going to bite it. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, I never said about a timer. I think you assumed assumed timer. I said time limited. Oh, okay. So it could say, I don't know, if you're booking a cinema ticket or something like that, they could say... By now, only three tickets left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. Okay, I, mean, I suppose that's, that's not fine. that's not a time limited, I suppose, is it? I mean, obviously it's going to make people more like to buy, but I kind of think it's also useful in a way. Yeah. Like, I could really want to buy that thing, and, and so I want to know if... It's giving you the little shove, little push that you need. Yeah, but like I said, that might be super important. You know, this might be a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see, I don't know, an old film, and they're just doing one showing of it. Yeah. And, and I don't want to miss out. And I, you know, if that wasn't there, I might think, oh, I'll book it tomorrow. Yeah. But I'm glad of it. It's telling me, book now, three tickets left. Oh, wow, I need to... I need to book. You're saying limited availability, telling you that there's limited availability. Mm-hmm. As long as it's true, yeah, it's lo- okay. Yeah, I think so. As long as it's truthful and has some benefit to the customer. I've seen a lot of sites, they're really spammy ones, where you go to them and they just go like, this special deal is only available for the next eight and a half minutes. <laughs> and you go, why? What's special about the next... You know, this phone yeah. charger is not going to disappear in eight and a half minutes. And lo and behold, you leave the website and you go in to go on it tomorrow and it'll give you another eight and a half minutes to buy it. It's just this really terrible technique to try and get you to buy it there and then. If it's clearly fake, it puts me off. Three, two, one. Bad, Bad usability, usability nightmares. nightmares. Go on, what, what have you got? I recently decided to open an account 
with a local building society. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Do I need to explain what a building society is for no, international listeners? it's not interesting enough. It's like a bank. Just honestly don't know the difference. I think it's just a bank. I think, well, I think it's owned by the people well, that invest. Irrelevant yeah, okay. to this story. But it's a local little financial organisation that I opened an account with. It just amazed me how backwards it was. In what way? So this account couldn't be opened online. Oh, this is a real world thing. Okay. Yeah. So we had to go into one of their little shops and a lovely man called Martin. Okay. Uh, best friend Martin. Yeah. So he t- took us into like the back room sort of interview is it an interview room what would you even call it like the like the room where you sort of discuss your financial matters at the back of the right. of the bank and I assume um, it's an office he's not taking you into the vault no 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 no, no. it's like a like an interview room you, not an interview room but like a yeah a, it, a consultation room that's right the okay yeah you could have just said room whether there's consultations going off doesn't really matter you were there with Martin okay <laughs> in a room but my important we, when we first walked in, Martin was behind the counter. I don't know why we couldn't just just done it face to face. Is he the only person that works in the bank? <laughs> he was the only person. He there does that everything. Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And we went through this whole process of sort of opening this account face to face, and then at the end of this sort of lengthy process that had to had us go in there, we got this little book, which is a savings book. Do you remember those from years oh, ago? Oh, savings book. Oh my god, yeah. Where you you your deposits are listed one by one. Yeah, but you had to go into the bank and they print out. You have to give them the book and then they print out the balance on the book. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So that's what we have to do now. So any money that we put into this, well, I think account, you've chosen this. You could have got an online bank like anyone else. So the main reason is it gives us... Um, we're thinking about moving house and it gives us free mortgage advice. Okay. If we have this account with this particular strange bank. So right. that's why we opened this account for this right. benefit. Okay. But yeah, when we pay money into it, we have to take our little book to the physical shop and they have to put it into the printer and it updates it with the extra line items. Is this is this the nightmare? Yeah. This is just something that people used to do in the past. I just thought it was interesting because it's so outdated. It is weird. What's mostly weird, I think, is that you've chosen this. (laughs) (laughs) Is this really it? Because you do... (laughs) Your search for a building society did lead you to something else that was more interesting that you told me about. Have you forgotten about that? Oh, yeah, I should talk about that. Yeah, tell us about that. Okay, start the story. Should, should we start again entirely? No, no, no. That's that's fine. But about Martin was vaguely interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing about the bank that I had to go and visit is I needed to know where their branches were. So I live in quite a rural area, so I have to drive to a town. Yeah. Um, and I needed to know, you know, where was the closest one? Which town can I drive to? So I went on their website and they have a branch finder oh, so they did have a website at least yes right yeah not that you can like manage your account through but you know you can yeah, find out information okay so their branch finder yeah allows you to type in where you're located and it will tell you in order of how far they are away the nearest branches which is great next to each branch is like a color-coded key some colored circles Mm-hmm. So if I look at my local branch, it's got a purple circle, a green circle and an orange circle. And then above it, it says the coloured circles indicate what services are available at our branches. Now, the problem is the key, all the circles are grey. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Until you click on them and they reveal the colour. So I have no idea why, but the key is all grey. I assume this is actually a bug or or, or something. The key is entirely grey until you click on each item in the key and it reveals the colour. Mm-hmm. So if you, for example, 
click on does this branch of offer mortgage advice you click on it and you realize, oh that's the that's the orange circle so now we know that we have mortgage advice if we then click on banking services all right so green circle means banking services we then click on uh, estate agency okay that's the purple one so we then know what all the things mean you have to reveal it's very strange key. yeah what i think probably happened i'm just trying to work it out here is maybe they were tr- thought they were going to implement filters and so they actually implemented like a selection state as to whether you'd actually clicked on the filter or not and then they decided not to at the end yeah maybe maybe they're like back they, they didn't have time to finish the filters or something like that otherwise it, it makes no sense anyway that is the end of the podcast if you've seen or used something unusable recently we want to hear about it you can email us at podcast at the unusable.com and we are on twitter at unusable podcast if you've enjoyed this there's plenty more the last episode we talked about accessibility benefiting everyone and on YouTube we've got a video of us talking about dark patterns that Wish.com used to make you buy some more cheap stuff from China. Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get a notification about the next one. And that's it until next time. Danke fürs Zuhören. Auf Wiedersehen. What is with the German? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just spicing it up a bit. Bye. <laughs> Bye.